0: What is your enneagram type? Welcome back to After Hour Happy Hour. We are your chaotic book cathartic co-host. I'm Vicky. I'm Sharon. I'm Jamila and today if you are unfamiliar with Enneagram type it's a little bit similar to your MBTI type but these categorize you into nine different types and they're literally called type one, type two, yada 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 and each type represents different type of people and so you take a test just like the MBTI and then you get your results and we're going to talk about our results and what it means for us.
1: So a little bit of a backstory, we've actually done the Enneagram way back when we started our podcast, but then my audio was really crappy, so then we just completely scrapped the episode, and we're gonna see if the results today are the same as the results that we got almost a year ago when we took it.
0: Good thing you do, because I don't remember mine nor yours, so... I remember mine. Okay. Let's start with what results we got for our types
1: and what our types entail. Go and guess each other's. Oh yeah, let's guess each other.
0: I'm gonna say Jam is type seven and Sharon's type four. Okay, I'm gonna guess that jam, based off the names of each type, not the actual descriptions, just by name, I would think that she's seven because it says enthusiast, but based off actual descriptions, I was leaning more towards three, which is called Achiever, but then the cat the characteristics were like there was it's like heavily. Uh, validation oriented which i feel like is accurate as a person who is a words of affirmation thing and recently we talked about parents and then there was another thing that was like very goal oriented and then generally like you're generally very likable but some may say that it's still difficult to get to know you like we only know the like the deepest parts of you kind of thing but then amongst everybody i feel like you're very likable so if i'm wrong on either of those then shit i don't know and then for vicky i thought you were type eight which is called The Challenger, which is very characterized by like unwilling to be controlled. And I feel like you're very free spirited. So then I was like, oh, maybe Vicky's type 8, but by her expression, that's very wrong. And then there there was a bunch of questions about, oh, do I prepare for the worst case scenario? And I feel like Vicky would have answered yes for all of them. But then I don't know what type that is. So then I don't know. But that's my guess.
1: Okay, I might be a little biased because I just remember what I've got last time and I feel like it still stands. For Vicky, well, I could be really wrong, but I think it was type 5, the investigator thinkers who tend to withdraw and observe. I actually didn't really read into it. I just based it on the names. Sorry. <laughs> and then for Sharon, I think it's still type 1, which is perfectionist, responsible, and fixated on improvement. And I think those three words kind of describe Sharon very, very well question so for context we took two
0: different tests which we'll probably link down below if you want to take this test but did you guys both get the same types for both the tests my top three were the same oh mine was the same okay mine the thing is i liked i paid more attention to test one and by the time test two came around i was impatient so i don't think i really answered well so it was pretty different Oh, so I'm gonna say my answers are more so for more so relevant with the first test Ooh, I want to know what your guys actual things are. So jam guessed me as one and you guess me as four Okay, so my number one was type nine, which is peacemaker. Uh-huh And then my second one was type 4, which is what Vicky said. And then my third one was type 3. And then it was type 1. Wow. Yeah. When I was looking at it, I resonated most with number 4, like individualist, because it's... Basically, it said like, I can't even read my handwriting. Oh, it was very like in your head descriptions, like you're immersed in your mental landscape. And then there was a line that said like heavy stress can lapse into (laughs) depression and then um, (laughs) highly sensitive. And then like you really value like authenticity and stuff. And then type nine is I don't like conflict where I feel like I'm always in the middle ground of like understanding both sides and always wanting to find like a middle ground that I do agree with there was one line that i really that stood out to me and it's like deep-seated faith that things will work out and that's like one thing that i 100 percent agreed with i was just surprised that that one ranked the highest and then based off jam's description of one i would think the same thing like perfectionist stuff
1: and that was my fourth i'm pretty surprised about in the visualist. but i guess that for sure is first ones wait which one did you agree with the most was it the your second type It was type 4,
0: but more so about like the emotional aspect of things. Not so much like I'm different. Do you not like change, Sharon? No. Like in any aspect? Thing is, once it happens and I get adjusted, I'm okay with it. But the process of change now that I've realized makes me uncomfortable. I think it's like the anxiety of like not knowing what's going to happen. When I like to know or like organize things the way so then when things change i like don't like it then it turns out fine but i feel like you always like adventures or you don't mind adventures you know like spun 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 that's not change though like if you're like oh let's go on a trip i'm like okay that's like spontaneous i guess but that's not like change because it's temporary if you plan a trip and then on your trip someone's like okay let's not do this let's do something else Outside of your plan, would you be like, eh, I don't like that? No, that's fine because it's temporary change. I'm talking like actual change, moving to a different city or doing things different when you've been doing them for a certain amount of time. Do you have an example? This is like a basic example I could think of. I remember when we first switched to doing our awe background, like the black background, and then moving to this, where we shoot from like three different angles and stuff. I was like, is that going to work out? Like, I don't, I don't know. And like that, that aspect of change, I was like, do we have to kind of thing? But then it like was so much better you know so then i think just the concept of doing something different at first makes me uncomfortable
1: well this is a great balance in our trio because <laughs> me and Vicky are scared of change we're just like let's just yeah. try it out i feel like see. you guys get
0: also get bored easily versus some of the questions were like do you get bored easily and i was like not really i just don't like people
1: or things <laughs>
0: That's so shocking to me because I wouldn't particularly say you're a very routined person either.
1: but she likes routine, yeah, I do. but she doesn't
0: normally stick like she wouldn't wake up at eight a m eat breakfast, gym that you know like she wouldn't mind I, I would like it's not like you have to do it you know what i mean because there's people who are like if i don't do it i'm uncomfortable like i will need to do it in order to feel satisfied but shan's not that type of person i won't be uncomfortable but i'll hate the fact that i didn't do it like even in college when we would go to like coffee shops and i'd plan out my day and then we'd leave earlier or be like let's not do this i'd be like fuck i didn't get to do <laughs> these things that i planned for and we're doing something else but then i'll still go for it because you know i see i see i see yeah i'm reading about nine, and i'm like oh well, i didn't know that about you oh does it say i don't like change why do i feel like we probably had the same exact conversation probably because <laughs> it says change can provoke unpleasant feelings and disrupt your desire for comfort
1: y'all forgot spot on oh oh Yes, I thought you were gonna say y'all both suck. <laughs> when Sharon said the things that she mentioned, those were the two notes that I took down too. But oh, yeah, my shit. first one is type se- type three. Sorry, type three, the achiever. It was eight point four. My second one is type seven, the enthusiast, but that dropped to five point seven.
0: Oh shit! Oh. Yeah.
1: Third type is type 8, the challenger, which was a 5.4. Oh, that
0: was what I was like going between 7 or 8. And then I was like, you seem more like a 7. Yeah. I think even based off our recent episodes, I realized this a lot more. Like you may not admit it, but you need validation from people.
1: I think I knew that, but that I didn't want to admit it because I felt like maybe it felt like words of affirmation just felt very, what's a word for it, but needy maybe needy or it just doesn't feel like it's a positive thing to have so I feel like I just didn't want to admit to it one of the things I wrote down for type 7 the enthusiast it it was like they focus on strengths and downplay flaws and I feel like that's actually me a lot of times I would focus on my strengths and if there were flaws I would realize them myself but maybe not necessarily like speak up to them or I would maybe try to make it sound like a better thing i've realized that i need like more validation or words affirmation than i thought i needed especially in things that i'm not like fully confident in yeah
0: I think that makes sense, especially when it comes to the whole parents and career thing yeah. where you still seek validation from them. And then I think that's where I think I knew you were goal oriented, but like you're very goal oriented. I am. <laughs> where that has to align with the validation versus how do I describe this? Like I think Jam six, the the need for success is strong. That's why, like, success is very mm-hmm. important to her. And you need validation. Dude, that's crazy. Okay, sorry.
1: <laughs> Basically, in type three, um, it's a presentation of success to attain validation we're hardworking competitive I think I've more so openly admit that I'm a pretty competitive person in certain things not everything but things that I want to be good at or things that think I think I can excel at I tend to get pretty competitive we're extroverted lots of energy and often seems to embody a kind of zest for life that others find contagious and other thing that I thought was kind of funny but secretly afraid of being or becoming a loser <laughs> I was like I could low-key feel that <laughs> Ha
0: ha ha! so then does that mean well, we'll get into questions later but then does that mean a lot of the questions that were like oh I care about what people think or like I care about how people see my success that kind of stuff it, you ranked higher on the yes side yeah
1: I feel like there's different things that I care about what people think of me about when it comes to more like success or professional I think that aspect I actually care a lot but when it comes to if people see me like personality or if they get along with me that type of thing mm. I don't think I care as much and then I'll just quickly go through the second t- my second type which is type 7 the enthusiasts were pleasure seekers and planners we are in search of distraction and yesterday we're talking about how i might have or how i might be avoidant behavior and i think i also kind of knew that but i want to admit to it but now the more we do our podcast the more i open up the more i feel fine with like admitting these things so yes i'm a little bit avoidant and i always search for distractions to avoid negative things so i always search for like exciting positive adventures so yeah i feel like these two Actually, I agree with it a lot. I just felt like everything I was reading. Also, there's some parts I'm, I don't like feel like it's po- totally me, but the gist of it, I felt like it was very me. But my last one was a t- challenger. It's basically like we take charge because we don't want to be controlled. And then you're strong-willed, decisive, practical, tough-minded, and energetic. And this this part was really funny to me because it says that we have a hard time working for anyone. So we just opt out of the system completely. And that's how I feel about corporate. <laughs> it says eights are prone to
0: anger when severely provoked or when the personality is unbalanced bouts of anger can turn into rages (laughs) that's accurate yeah (laughs) but only when pushed or provoked
1: yeah i feel like i never want or didn't want to admit to these things before because i felt like we were just like kind of starting our podcast and i want people to see me a certain way or whatever but i'm just like okay these are just things that is part of me and if they're negative then i'll like work on to improving them yeah the first step is always admitting it and then after that it's just uphill you know yes true And then the last three types I had that were kind of lower is type nine, the peacemaker, type two, the helper, and type four, the individualist. Oh, what is type two? The helper is basically helpers who need to be needed. Selflessness. Which I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like the helping
0: type. I'm surprised that ranked in your top six at all. Oh, but like in in group settings, would that kind of be like, the life of the party where like the group no. wouldn't be fun without you no no no, no no the helper no. is like going out of your way to help people and putting other
1: people's needs before yours that's not Jamila <laughs> that's not any of us actually I don't think those were my results and I like I said I majority majority majorly I largely agree with the th- types that I got I mainly agree mainly agree with the types that I got uh. <laughs>
0: Largely, that works too.
1: (laughs) Okay, Vicky. Jam
0: remembered correctly. So my first one was type 5, which was at an 8.4, but then my type 4 was at an 8, and then my third is type 9. The way they described 5 made me feel like I have emotional issues. No, I was going to say, well, you Fives are usually somewhat <laughs> restrained when it comes to emotional expression, but they often have stronger feelings than they let on. Few people know what is going on beneath the surface, as fives oft have an often exaggerated need for privacy and a deep-seated fear of intrusion. <laughs> (laughs) Five, sometimes adopt an attitude of careless indifference or intellectual arrogance. (laughs) Do you fear that you don't have inner strength to face life? (laughs) Yeah. I think that's like partially why I can't do relationships because I'm like, oh, if they end and I was really invested in them, then like, what is life anymore? (laughs) Type four was pretty up there for me too. And do you agree? I thought I would have been type four. And then I read more into type 5, and I think I agree with type 5 a lot more. I do agree that, especially now, after moving to Korea, I've been way more introspective and introverted. I, like, took the MBTI test again, and I went from 60% introverted to 80% since I came to Korea. And so, like, reading all these things about how I don't open up anymore— Because meeting all the people here, I definitely don't open up as easily as I thought
1: I would. What's your MBTI again? INFJ. Wow. Other than the F, we're very opposite. I think the more we do these, the more I realize how (laughs) opposite. (laughs) <laughs> we are. Yeah, that jam is my complete opposite. <laughs>
0: That's why every time I'm like, what are my results? What's the thing that I most don't resonate with? That's probably jam. <laughs> what was your third one? Type 9 peacemaker. I thought that would be a lot h- higher for me, but. So I guess you and I are closer on the spectrum because we both had yeah. four and nine
1: on our top three. You guys always were the same wavelength.
0: Yes, but then, even then, like Vicky and I are different. <laughs> Terrible description. I think you're more of a worrier versus I'm more of a indifferent. If that makes sense. I worry about myself, I think, versus Vicky worries about what is the meaning of life. I worry about things that I can't control, that nobody can control. Yeah. Wait, so does Sharon worry about things you can control, but you're just worried? I worry about how things are going to end up being, and they're always worse in my head. So I should just stop thinking, period. But I can't. Does that not make you feel better? thinking about no no No? it just stresses me out if you already got all the bases covered
1: there's nothing worse that can come and so there's like a safety of like okay well I expected it so then it's just you're thinking these bad things that will happen doesn't that stress you out yeah it's like I know I have everything down
0: so I shouldn't worry but I still worry that's true
1: I feel like maybe Vicky has her mind just so adapted to expect the worst that it doesn't phase her (laughs)
0: I wouldn't say it doesn't phase me, but in my mind, it's like that's like my sort of pos- the positivity, which doesn't make sense because it's like, well, I already expected this to happen. So like anything else that happens is just uphill. And so it makes me feel safe knowing that i know the worst that can come or any bad things and then i'm just like oh it did happen but i already expected it and then if something different happens that makes it better then i'm like oh it's better than i expected see vicky doesn't worry yeah at all about anything she's just like it is what it is kind of thing where i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) it's not what it is it's so funny coming from the biggest procrastinator here
1: I I still to this day, it just still fantas- wait, fascinates. Fascinates? Oh my god. Fantasizes? Fantasizes
0: you? I mean, you fantasize? Sorry, shut up.
1: It still fascinates me how Sharon is a perfectionist, yet a procrastinator. I don't know how it works, Uh, but it just works. It's like a paradox.
0: I feel like a lot of my worries would be solved if I didn't procrastinate. Do you feel like you've known this your whole life, or it's like a recent discovery? By recent, I mean like since college or something, where you are a worrier. Like you're still in the process of figuring out how to handle it. I always knew it, knew about it, but I don't know how to fix it because there's so many other things I need to focus on (laughs) first. (laughs) dude i don't know how do you how does one stop worrying Mm. that's a great question actually (laughs) you guys are asking me questions about things i cannot answer you don't procrastinate for one but sharon you also think or you also believe that things happen for a reason oh my god i was taking these tests earlier and i realized that my my ways of thinking are like extremely polar like for somebody who thinks that everything will happen for a reason, or I mean, not like everything will work out for someone who thinks that they should not be worrying as much and just get to these next steps in their life. So it's a completely paradox. I realize this for a lot of these questions, like a very similar two questions that are very similar. One, I would be no, and then the other I would be yes, but it's on like the same topic. And once we go through questions, I'll like explain, but it doesn't make sense to me.
1: We could start going through questions right now
0: okay yeah let's do that yeah for questions that are like obviously we know my answer if you like are in a situation you think of like worst case scenarios what did you guys say oh i'm always prepared for whatever happens in a situation or I always have a plan
1: for situations i put partly it's really dependent on what it is when it comes to my professional stuff then yes if it comes to my everyday kind of thing then no for situations where you don't plan things If something doesn't go a certain way or like it just isn't what you think it is, what do you do? It depends what situation it is. Like when it comes to my professional stuff, I'll always have like an A, B, C, D so it can't go wrong where we're probably traveling and stuff then you know it's so casual that if it doesn't go this way then well
0: i think to the point of like if i go meet up with somebody that i'm not super super close with i will practice conversations in my head and then when we meet each other and i'm like oh shit awkward silence is about to come up i practice this and then i'll like Probe that conversation to come up, so I know how to direct the conversation, so that it's not awkward. So if you're in that situation and you have nothing to say, like do you just sit in awkward silence and you're just like,
1: oh okay, like I don't think I'll ever run out of things to ask. If it's someone new I met, I for sure will always be able to like ask something.
0: How, how? Vicky and I are similar, but so if Vicky worries about stuff like this.
1: <laughs> I don't care, like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm so neutral about stuff like this because that's a situation that well i'm gonna i should take my own advice but that's a situation where you really have no control over and it's not on you if that situation is uncomfortable like it's not your fault so like naturally you guys can just pick it back up and i feel like vicky as a person you would be the best at like handling uncomfortable situations or like awkward silences so then you shouldn't even worry about it see like i i don't worry about it in the sense of myself feeling awkward because like i don't really care about feeling awkward it's more so like they feel
1: awkward with me so like let me make them feel comfortable that type of mindset but what you're just thinking that and they actually don't feel awkward see that's what I learned in college like after second year that I'm like awkward silences are okay so
0: I'm better at it now but I still like I've done it so often that it's more natural for me to like okay this person and I have this in common so like when we meet up like we can have this conversation and like I still build it in my head and it's to the point where it's not even exhausting to do that it just naturally like I train myself enough to just think that before meeting up you
1: know Sometimes I really want to see what goes on your brain. Because I feel like it just turns 100 miles per hour. Sometimes. Yeah. But the thing
0: is, I feel like this is a very like introverted kind of thing. Where you probably were like, oh my god, was the other person uncomfortable? And then they'd leave it being like, that was the best conversation I've ever had. Honestly, Yeah. I've never gotten it until this year, but they say that their first impression of me is like they feel safe around me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense. Because they feel like they could open up to you. Yeah, which is weird because I don't open up. You would think it's a two-way street. But like,
1: how do you feel safe around someone who has emotional issues? <laughs> but you don't show those emotional because issues. you ask
0: questions you're you're interested in the conversation for them to feel comfortable i guess that does make sense oh question is i am uncomfortable when people want an emotional response from me is that a yes for you guys i said yeah. no it was a hard oh. yes for me
1: is it just like if you feel sad with the person you feel happy with the person that's what I like you
0: can respond to them Because Jim, I feel like you've mentioned this in the past when it's like a serious, serious situation where someone needs like emotional advice or something. You don't know how to respond.
1: Oh, yes. In a serious thing. But I just thought of it as like they're talking to me and they just want like a emotional response from me kind of thing. Like I'm not looking there like blank.
0: Oh, (laughs) no. I was thinking like they open up and they want a response. Yeah. (laughs) Or like in a situation where they expect you to be emotional back about yourself. Oh that that's why I said yes cuz I'm like it's a lot easier for me to empathize and tell you what you need to hear than to be like oh I went through the same thing let me talk about my experiences so you don't feel alone. Like that's yes. probably not going to happen until we're like 5 years deep into the relationship or something.
1: I feel like for me before I've been like a strong yes But I think because through our podcast, I've learned to, like, open up a little bit more. Not to a full extent that I might have, like, opened up to you guys, like, all the details. But I feel more okay with, like, perhaps sharing some of my experiences.
0: Does it make you anxious? I don't know if that's the right word. Like, is it hard for you guys to have that emotional level with them you know what i mean like when they're sad or when they're opening up for you to empathize and make them feel better or is it easy to be like oh like they're having a hard time let me help them
1: i don't think it's hard for me i think it depends what if i'm not that close to you and you're really opening up to me and hoping for me to like provide some sort of emotional support i feel like i might not be like the best person at it but i feel like i'm good at perhaps making you feel temporarily better. Maybe distract you from whatever you're feeling. So if that's what you need, I feel like I'm good at it. But if that's not what you need, then I think I'm bad at it. Does that make sense?
0: Because I feel like for Vicky, you're saying like you won't be the one opening up, right? Because everyone else is too busy talking about themselves and opening up about themselves. I feel like that's most situations. Where in that situation, I know that I can provide emotional support for them. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'll talk about myself. But then, does you be emotionally supportive to them? Is that hard for you
1: to do? No, I feel like Sharon is so good at these things. That's why... People lo- like to like have conversations or I feel like people say she's like a good conversationalist. Yeah, like a good shoulder to lean on.
0: What about um, the questions where it asks if you avoid pain and suffering? It Was it kind of like, I avoid feeling this way? Yeah, like if you, were- if you knew the exit strategy to feeling sad or lonely or worried or anxious, you take that route, but more than you would like, oh, let's delve deeper into it.
1: Yes. I put no. I put no too. That's pretty reflective of
0: Jams who we are. Jam's avoidant. <laughs> yeah. That's funny because didn't we all do rank avoidant for our attachment theory? I don't think we were avoidant. Well, we're definitely not secure. So. <laughs> I was secure. <laughs> oh, me and Jam were secure.
1: <laughs> shit. <laughs> but that was more like, was it about like your relationship or kind of like your um, relationship with your parents? This is like, can you are
0: you comfortable feeling strong emotions or do you avoid them? Because you don't want to be sad. Then there was a question that was like, do you think, in an interesting way, that sadness is beautiful? Something like that. Oh, Jam said, no, definitely not. <laughs> Vicky, did you say yes? Yeah, I said yes. (laughs) I did too.
1: What? How, like, can you please explain to me, like... It's
0: uh, because I've experienced certain things and knowing that other people have experienced certain types of sadness, there's a bittersweet beauty to that. But also, it's like I'm so comfortable in this because I've been feeling sadness or feeling, like, hollowness for so long that it's, like, comfortable and safe versus the idea of the opposite is very not safe and not what I... Can't imagine. I think it's also because I always root for like underdogs. So when I hear people's stories of how they've had to overcome certain things, there's the beauty in that. I think like overcoming sad emotions or sad things is just like a hard aspect of life. So then it's like, oh, there's beauty in that kind of thing versus a picture perfect someone. I, eh, you know what I'm saying? Or like also, no, like you're at rock bottom so you know that you can only go up from here and so you feel the sadness and you're like okay it sucks to be here but i know that if i work harder and like do more then i can only get better from here because i'm already at bottom so like there's a beauty in
1: that sadness i think i get it but i don't fully understand it
0: (laughs) jam's like if i could choose i would be happy 100% of the time (laughs) (laughs) yes That's funny.
1: Oh, well the one where it says I get bored more easily than most people, I'm always looking for new experiences. Yes. Did you put yes, Vicky?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I put yes.
1: Did you put no, Sharon? No.
0: I don't get bored easily. You guys have I don't know if it's attention span or what, but you guys get bored. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I never finish shows. Exactly. That like like your guys' speed at it as which to how you progress in like shows, especially Vicky. I'm like, are you bored? Yeah. Can you Just watch it all the way through, please. (laughs) I watch so many shows, but one episode per show. That's all you get from me. Hey, it's enough to talk to people about it, so... i guess the questions where it's you let other people lead you or you lead yourself which like if you had the choice would you let other people lead you or i let other people make the decisions yeah i think that one was the other test and i put more on the not strongly disagree but like disagree oh i put yes I'm not surprised because you've mentioned it before, like in group, like group, uh, what's that called? Group projects and stuff in college. And in those general broad situations, you just sit back and see what other people do and let them take charge. Yeah, I don't like to take charge unless I have to. But it also really annoys me when no one steps up to the plate. So when that happens, do you step up to the plate then? yeah because in my head I already know what to do but then obviously I'm not gonna voice that until someone like nobody does it but then it irritates me because I'm just like I like know certain people in settings where I'm like I know you can do it but you're also like
1: me and you're holding back so why don't you just step up like do something <laughs> but they're like you
0: that's what they yeah.
1: I was curious about this one I don't know more so for Vicky rules annoy me the next
0: one I was gonna ask oh really <laughs>
1: neutral for that because some rules
0: do annoy me there's also that question where i was like i either fully obey or fully rebel i said fully agree for that because that's how i am with rules very circumstantial but if i respect whoever gives me the rules i'll fully obey and listen to whatever you say but if i don't like i don't give a fuck (laughs) like i'll do everything you don't like me to do even to the point where I'll do it, even if I don't like it, but I just want to
1: piss you off. Have you been in that situation where a rule has annoyed you? Isn't that kind of like with your parents? Like, don't get tattoos, don't get piercings.
0: Yeah, no. like, I'll do everything.
1: Even though I'm still scared. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I'll still do it.
0: Partially for the fact that I know my parents don't like it. And I'm just like, well, what are you going to do about it? Like, strap me down and laser it off? That's <laughs> like, so much false. No. But if you genuinely think about it like what can they do especially now that I'm here like everything I pay for myself that was my biggest thing living in their household is just like oh I eat what's theirs I live under theirs like They paid for my medical health. But now that I'm here, I'm so much more ballsy because I'm like, you literally can cut contact
1: from me and I can still live. Uh, Did you say no, Jam? I put partly because I think it depends what rules it is.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think I put no. But then now when you put into perspective, like for example, the rule of wearing a seatbelt or some people probably get annoyed, but I'm like, well, it's going to save your life potentially. So follow it. But versus now, this just took me back to like high school no elementary middle school when there was a rule of like you can't go to the bathroom more than x times a day kind of thing did you guys have that like that's so stupid so now i'm like oh okay there's a saying in chinese where it's like people are alive but rules are dead so oh people can set a rule but then like life is ever changing things change so if you are stuck on rules that happened in the past that is so different and not relevant for current times why would you still keep it
1: up vicky sorry this one it just screamed vicky to me i don't like commitment who wants to be locked into something especially if something better presents itself
0: i wonder what i answered for that
1: (laughs) yes yes
0: (laughs) dude i don't know what it is it's not like i didn't have a stable commitment growing up i don't know so then would you have a problem with committing to a company for two years or you have to pay it back um she wouldn't i wouldn't but then but that i think because in my mind that is not commitment that's just two years But what if that involves like moving to a city and like paying rent and stuff? That's fine. That's commitment.
1: That's what I did here. There's an end time to it. So you're just scared of like emotional commitment because it's not any other commitment that you're scared of. Yeah
0: because emotional commitment is forever. There's no end really enjoy. like a relationship like you either marry this person or you don't. Logistically, I know I can. Like like I don't know why it's really just relationships because with friendships, I don't see that Like I'm not afraid to commit to you guys in a friendship. Like that makes sense. Commit to. I get well, how is that different from a relationship then? Like you commit to a relationship. Exactly. I don't like if you can commit to a job of like two years and potentially move to a city and pay rent and potentially like hate it midway, but you're still okay with that commitment knowing no idea if you're actually gonna like the job but then you can't commit to someone who you potentially see a future with just because of the possibility that things won't work out you know what i'm saying whoa doesn't make sense because when it comes to a job that that's the boomer in me where i'm like i can hate it but i can live through it like i don't mind the suffering for that but the emotional aspect of like oh this man can like break my heart or like i can break their heart i'm just like but it doesn't make you mad that you're kind of wasting your time committing to something when you know you can be doing something that makes you happy like that's no because i think that that's my lesson learned like i don't need to do like teaching i thought i would love it i did it committed it and like i i told my sister this yesterday i was like if someone paid me eight thousand dollars because that's my severance and my flight home i would quit tomorrow but i still don't regret this whole year coming here not because moving here to korea like obviously that's great but also for the fact that i learned i don't like teaching and so i feel like in any other corporate situation if i did the same thing it's not like i didn't learn anything i'll be grateful for that and even if i hated like the last half of it i'll still be like i made a commitment i'll finish my commitment and then move on to the next thing
1: question so let's just say you were at a job and then you sign your contract for two years but a year in and you just know this isn't the place for you you know something else out there that's better for you would you still commit to that two year contract yes just because i signed the contract i think that's the
0: responsibility in me is because when i sign this contract i promised you two years of my time and so i will give you my two years even if i don't like it so how can you not commit to somebody without a time span of like we're gonna date for two years it's you have no limit you can break up tomorrow you can break up yesterday but you're just committing to the it's like the same thing where you put in hours of like a job and stuff you're you're seeing like you see this person as someone you potentially, potentially want to be with but you still can't commit but it's emotional that's a type five in me so type five we have a clear like line between work friends family and relationships and so like with a relationship it's
1: all the emotional side of me tied together that i can't do so let's just say you sign a five-year contract would you stay in that yeah probably
0: Dude, this is how Jam must have felt last week when we were talking about mental health and stuff. I feel so shook right now. I feel like this is the biggest thing Vicky and I will never see eye to eye on. Really? Like you would just quit tomorrow if you knew something was better? Well, hold on. Before we get there, do you understand where we're coming from? Where we? Oh yeah. Would it- okay. It's why I encourage you guys to do it because I would if it wasn't for my principles. You know what I mean? Okay, I will say for me, it's the reverse where if I'm committing to a relationship, whatever the outcome is, I'm either way committing because I see potential. It's not like I'm forced to commit. So I'm okay with that aspect. And even if like two years go by and if it doesn't work out, it happened for a reason. And I'm going to take a lot of things out of that versus from a job, like especially in an environment where I'm just giving, giving, giving and like not receiving as much gratification and like furthering my career it's a waste of time to me so like continuing to commit to that just for the sake of that is just bs to me if you you do you like to each their own but for me like that makes me angry Because that's time that I will never get back. Yeah, I can see that. I think maybe because it's like, there's still joy that I get from it. Like when my students understand what I'm teaching them, especially if I put in the effort to plan something to hopefully get them to understand. Like that gives me some sort of joy. And I'm like, okay, I can see why teachers make it worth it. But at the end of the day, it's still not worth it enough for me to keep going. But it's enough to keep me going to
1: the end of my contract. Let's just say your teaching job, there's nothing that brings you joy. <laughs> like you actually like nothing makes you feel like it's worth it you still stick with it yeah like you're literally just a like soak in your misery and you're gonna stick with it
0: that's what i mean by i'm like really good at sitting in my misery and like living with it I i can't i'm so shook so then you know how when it comes to emotional it's a completely different side where you can't commit so what part exactly can you not commit to is it you're wasting time or your emotion Like, my feelings on the line. I don't, like, if you told me to date someone for a year and, like, be celibate to them for a year, I don't mind. The idea that, like, in a relationship, you have to open up. You have to share feelings. You have to, like, that concept of, like, I have to give them a part of me, like, figuratively, that I'm like, fuck no. Oh.
1: Oh, are you guys afraid to tell people they're wrong? I think we've asked this before. I think it depends on what. If it's just like a casual conversation and we're just talking about some like random stuff, it's like, no, you're wrong. But if you're talking about more serious things, then yes, I have troubles. Uh,
0: I think this is a little extreme of an example. But for example, like if I was with Dahi and like, and I was like, um, do I look ugly right now? She would be like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Versus if someone asked me and I was like, and I think like, oh, you can like change certain things. I'd be like, no, you look great. You know what I'm saying? That's probably not See, the best example. But. My golden rule for shit like that is if they can't change whatever they're asking in the next like 15 minutes, lie <laughs> <laughs> physically. <laughs> 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 I hate when people are like, oh, your pants look a little too whatever. You're like, you look stubby in those pants. I'm like, oh you couldn't have told me when we're at home like i would have changed but now i have to spend the whole time us going out thinking i look stubby like what does calling me fat do for you like i can't change in the next 15 minutes i'm just gonna live with being fat (laughs) next question i see life as a struggle that i intend to win
1: oh i said yes i put partly well to the
0: win part right oh yeah okay (laughs) see like, less of it being a struggle, but more so for the I
1: intend to win.
0: Oh, I said yes for the intent to win.
1: I said yes to both.
0: But why the win
1: part? It's partially because I intend to win, but I don't agree with the I see life as a struggle. Uh. Yeah. Okay, I said yes to both. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I feel like you say yes to it. You see life nice. as a struggle. Yeah, <laughs> It's a fast struggle, but I'm going to fucking win this bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this
0: is a question for Jam. You are competitive and you are ambitious. Okay, the question is, I am ambitious. I am competitive and ambitious, but I do not
1: think of myself as cutthroat. I put, yes. I'm not those people who would, like, step over someone to get what I want. And I don't think I'm so competitive or ambitious enough to even say I'm cutthroat because I never was, like, first in my class or anything.
0: Mm, (laughs) I see. What did you say, Sharon? I said no. I'm not cutthroat. Oh, for the ambitious part? Yeah. I don't think she's competitive. I'm not competitive. I would say like I'm. I could be ambitious, but then I do not consider myself cutthroat. I'm too peacemaker. She's a peacemaker. Oh, I said yes to that question. You're cutthroat. It says, but I'm not cutthroat. Oh, oh yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. Then yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I said yes because I do feel like I'm ambitious or whatever. But I would never step on someone to get to my goals. So I said yes. yes.
1: Are you competitive too? Depending on what, in certain
0: things where I really don't care about, like playing a board game with friends. Like, I would be the person that, like, if I know someone else would feel happier than me if they want, then I would let them win type of thing. But then if it was, like, I had to compete with someone to win something that I want and I know that they wouldn't care that much. Or if I just don't like them and I know that it will piss them off, then I'd be fucking competitive.
1: Wow. I'm the person that would like likes to win at board games. Me too. I, yeah, if I liked you, like, if I was playing with Jam, I'd be like, okay, I'll just lose. Like, it's fine.
0: We don't need I wouldn't to want that. you to, though. I would want to beat you on my own. Yeah. will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same here. I don't think I'm smart enough to manipulate a game to let you win and let me lose.
1: <laughs> but, like, if I could, I would. How do you guys feel about the loser question? It will be the worst thing to be seen by others as a loser. I think I put
0: one up. From disagree.
1: Yeah, I think I put no
0: or partly. Yeah. I think probably partly for me then if it was on that question, on that page. I don't I think, think it's the worst partly. thing. I'm pretty sure my I parents see, the- see me as a loser. I'm sure they don't. Yeah, I'm sure no, they I'm don't. pretty sure they don't. Well, my dad, not my mom. My mom still loves me a lot, so why? I'm sure your dad still loves you a lot. He loves me, but he definitely looks down on me. In what regard? In every regard. Like, he, like, his image of me is, like, I'm very incapable, and I'm reliant on parents, and, like, I am, like, essentially useless. (laughs) But he still loves me because I think the alpha in him is, like, oh, I get to take care of my daughter, and he likes that I'm very beta and I listen to him most of the time. And so he still loves me in that sense, but when it comes to, like, Believing that I could succeed he does not so then I think because I like accepted that he thinks that of me Even though I don't believe that, that I'm just like it's not the worst thing if someone sees me as a loser because it's like the underdog thing Like once I succeed you're gonna eat your words I'm so one, that's fucked up. <laughs> Two, <laughs> I don't know why he thinks you wouldn't succeed. Three, I don't know what he would want you to be doing in order to think that you would succeed. And four, just unlocking every aspect of trauma in Vicky. That's what I'm learning. So, can't tackle it all in one episode.
1: I feel like I would put yes if it was professionally. Yeah. Oh. Like if anybody, not just like your coworkers saw you as that? Yeah.
0: But then what situation would someone even think you're a loser professionally? Like, are you saying you hit rock bottom, you can't support yourself, loser? Or like, oh my god, she's doing content? What a loser.
1: No, I think it's like if I if I did content and I didn't succeed oh. in, I don't know, two, three years, I would feel like, like, fuck.
0: But you don't care if people think you're a loser if you're successful at doing content, right?
1: Yeah. Okay, okay, gotcha. Like, because I know I'm successful, so. Wow, that that validation. What about the question where it's like I have always felt
0: different from other people? But no. Uh, I said no. I either put no or partly. I feel like it's just the idea that there's no way there's seven billion people and not one
1: person sees the way I do. For me, I just think I'm so average that I'm so similar to so many people. Oh, that too.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm different because I'm special. I feel like I'm different because I'm just built different.
1: (laughs) (laughs) physically no no definitely not physically
0: <laughs> like the way that i overthink or the way that i like your negative self yeah like so many people are just fine the way they are or like find value in certain things where i'm like really like because i'm not content with
1: but you don't think there's other people like you out there in the world i mean there probably are but it like
0: fascinates me that there's so many people people around me that seem to be not like that
1: so these were some of the questions that we found intriguing but this conversation has gone on for so long that we're just not gonna go through all the other questions we found intriguing because it's just gonna lead to a three-hour talk
0: so that was our analysis on which Enneagram type we are and of course as always we learn something new about each other <clears throat> Vicky That was just not expected. So we recommend you take this test. We'll link it below. Let us know where you rank. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.